the sooner you can detach your self-worth from your job and or, or think like that one job is my only cash flow type of mindset and if i get in trouble my future references my future ability to earn is going to be jeopardized it's not true it really is not true um because even if you're i would say the risk is even less if you're like in your early 20s you graduate from college i, I think uh, my mind has changed on this if you're oe you learn much faster you're just a much more professional athlete of work Hey, what's up, you guys? My name is Mikkel Kraszowski, and welcome to another episode of That Remote Life Podcast, where we hear from remote work experts, digital nomads, and location-independent entrepreneurs, so you can learn to quit the cubicle and live life on your terms. Today on the podcast, I'm very excited to be joined by Isaac, the founder of the Overemployed.com community. If you haven't heard of overemployment yet, strap in, because this is wild. Overemployment is the idea of having multiple full-time jobs as a knowledge worker. At the time of this recording, the overemployed subreddit has over 135,000 members that earn top salaries from two or more full-time jobs without their employers having any idea. During this interview, Isaac shared how he stumbled into overemployment and why he decided to start the website and Reddit community, the most jobs he's ever heard someone holding on to at the same time, and it's way more than you think, how to hide that you're overemployed from your boss, and how people manage to juggle so many full-time jobs all at once. But before we jump into the interview, make sure you subscribe to my newsletter, Remote Insider, where every Monday I share the most important developments in the areas of remote work, online business, tech, and the digital nomad lifestyle. It has been called mandatory reading by other subscribers, and if you enjoy this podcast, I guarantee you will also love being a Remote Insider subscriber. You can subscribe to that at thatremotelife.com forward slash Remote Insider. That's Remote Insider, all one word. And finally, if you haven't left a review of the show already, please consider leaving one wherever you listen to podcasts. I would really appreciate that. You can do that by going to ratethispodcast.com forward slash TRL. But all right, you guys, without further ado, let's dive into this awesome conversation with Isaac from overemployed.com. Isaac, welcome to the show. I'm very excited to have you here. Hey, thanks. Thanks, Mishko. Uh, thanks for having me. So um, you and I connected uh, online, obviously, and I'm very excited to have you on because you're the founder of a Reddit uh, community called Overemployed. Uh, for people who are listening to this, and by the way, the Reddit uh, community uh, has like 118,000 uh, people in it. So for someone who is listening to this and is kind of like, what is this overemployed term? I've never heard it before. How do you, to kind of set the stage, how do you define what overemployed means? Yeah, yeah. Overemployed, I mean, our, our tagline on, on our website is really, it's a simple one. It's more than working two jobs now, but usually the, it's the entry drug, right? Get another remote full-time job. Um, so it's a work to remote job and uh, reach your financial freedom uh, sooner. That's really what the overemployed is. It's really cal uh, kind of, putting together ideas that has been out there in tech is people long have their full job and then their side hustles. And whether however profitable those side hustles are or are not, 
uh, they were always doing some kind of consulting on the side and and other things, and maybe even running a whole full business on the side. How did you how did you discover this world of overemployment? So you said because see, I've never been, I've never really experienced that because I haven't been on that side of tech. Like I've done startups and stuff like that before, but mm -hmm. to me, it feels very distinctly different. Uh, like a lot of people have heard of people who have like a full-time job and then they maybe have like a side hustle uh, on the side. But a lot of the people in the community, like when I read these posts, it's people have like two, three, four full-time jobs. How did you mm -hmm. discover that people were doing that? Um, starting with myself and people that I knew that was already doing it, but people don't openly tell you that. So you have to find out about it. Uh, find out, you, you find out about it by being a trusted person, be a curious person, um, and, and, you know, I guess quite frankly through networking and, and then people willing to share with you. So if you weren't, you know, going to meet different people and talk about different things, then you wouldn't find out about it. And, and also just being in the right industry where it is a lot more common than others. Yeah. So is it mostly a tech thing? Do you, obviously you, uh, you know, you have almost 120,000 people in the community. What are the industries in which this works? And are there some industries in which like it doesn't work? Yeah, yeah I get asked that question a lot. I think um, it's not just the Reddit. We also in the 40,000 and maybe some overlap uh, on our Discord as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I definitely have more nuanced data uh, on, on the Discord. But really, the, the pandemic, uh, obviously pre-pandemic, um, probably was only tech, right? Or, or if you were in other roles that you were able to, uh, I call it uh, uh, following the, the formula of uh, the four-hour work week, which is a book that was way earlier for its time. The Bible. Uh, but now yeah. it has a lot of uh, <laughs> app, uh, you know, especially for your community, right? Uh, applications to it is, yeah, it was only mainly tech, but, you know, in the pandemic and even post-pandemic, I would say any job that is remote-friendly or remotable uh, can do this, you know, it's just a matter. And, and then on top of that, that that's just the kind of one-on-one and the one-on-two is, um, uh, you should be relatively fast and efficient at what you do and whether that is, uh, in, in different way of putting it, you, you should be a super knowledge worker that has a lot of leverage with what you know, and not really just doing clicks and producing, you know, one of the examples, customer service reps. Yeah, you could be remote, you get monitored, you're, you're, you're getting clocked at how many calls you take and how many things you serve. That's not, that's not OE friendly, so to speak. Um, and so, yeah, those, those are the kind of the broad general guidelines of uh, who can be OE or what jobs could be OE and, and how you, how you do it. What is the like? What is the craziest work situation that you've seen from the OE community? Um, I think that you shared at least at, at at some point that you had. I don't know if you still do, but that at least at some point you had like four full time jobs. What is like the craziest, you know, highest number of jobs that you've seen someone work? Fifteen. Yeah, I've seen other folks that really transition going to OE to running their own uh, almost little agency. So they would have a whole team behind them to support them. You know, for them, they're, they're the sales lead. They go land jobs, they come back, they parse the job out to three different people to do sections of it, whatever, you know, their domain knowledge is. Uh, and they have a whole team, uh, you know, either onshore or offshore supporting them. So that's the kind of the extreme OE, or, or I say 
OE is kind of your, your simplest path to entrepreneurship in some ways, uh, and then onto wealth. Um, and then people then their mind just gets unlocked, if you will, for all this, you know, growth mindset and all this potential that they can, they can do. Yeah. But 15 is, uh, one of the top numbers out there. And then there's multiple ones that are uh, more than 10. Wow. I was like, I thought you were going to say like seven, eight. And I was like, I don't know. That's starting to seem a bit of a stretch. And you said 15 and completely blew my hat off. That's well, uh, I mean, it's actually really an NBC report that's all verified, uh, that this person had 11 jobs. Wow. That's so crazy. So how are you finding, like, how do there, I have so many questions. How, like, how do companies react if they find out? Because I'm assuming that there are situations in which they do find out, right? I don't know if that's happened to you, but maybe someone in the community. Like, how do they, I would almost imagine companies being quite pissed about that. I mean, obviously, we're not recording video. You have your audio scrambled for a reason. You don't want to get caught about that. But how do, like, can they take legal measures against you if that happens, if they find out? Um... Yes and no. Uh, I think, you know, this is America. Anybody can get a lawyer and get sued. Uh, so, you know, welcome to, you know, uh, the world that we live in, right? Um, mm -hmm. What, what, that's that, right? Of course, you can go crazy and be uh, paranoid. Uh, and there's a distribution. I call it the OE Darwinism. You know, the, the slow the weak gets eaten and the strong survive, right? Oh, the smart. Um, and so, uh, so there's that regard that people just, maybe the, the weak is the ones that don't have a lot of common sense, uh, spill more things and overshare and tell everyone what they're doing. And this is the greatest thing since, you know, the dawn of time, come join me. And then they, you know, again, we talked about earlier before uh, we hit record that there is, it's controversial because there are other people that on sitting on the sideline, like to throw stones at the glass house, you know, that you built for yourself uh, doing OE. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm thankfully uh, very lucky that I still haven't got caught in air quotes. Uh, but even if I do, uh, what's the worst you happen? Uh, practically speaking, because you're just way too small of an individual, uh, you can see the Equifax news, they just fired them, 25 people. Uh, we have got uh, uh, shared instances, all self-reported of course, that you know they got caught working two jobs at like you know, one of the big tech companies, one of the big names, and they just got fired. That's a practical, there's not enough time or, or even wanna waste any resources on recouping any money. And on top of it, what, what's legally, you know, what's the po most possible, you know, uh, uh, legal outcome of it, right? Going to court uh, for either side is, is they, you know, they can recoup your income, which is really not that much in the greater scheme of thing from a tech, tech company perspective, um, right. and, and, uh, make an example of you. They could, uh, some, some people can go in, but they are just wasting money. But more importantly, if you're a CEO running a business, why would you waste your time doing that? Uh, first you waste money and then, then you're going to scare away, uh, a bunch of your, um, uh, talented people, uh, that could already, they all have a side hustle on the side. Uh, hello, <laughs> that's the secret. And, and then, uh, then all your moonlighting policy and then everyone start, you know, having doubts. And then, you know, and then when people, um, I guess face some uh, threat to their livelihoods, what they did they do, they diversify. Uh, I think part of the genesis of why Overemploy was, uh, at least uh, why I want to put it out there is 
these people were getting laid off left and right and taking it uh, quite personally uh, and then didn't have a plan, right? Well, who told you to just have one job? That was your fault. Uh, if you can see the writing, uh, writing on the wall, and some people refuse to see the writings you know, on the wall, and I think we're in this watershed moment now that for the first time, companies like Amazon or Facebook or Meta are actually doing layoffs. And these are companies that never done layoffs before because growth begets more growth, right, in tech. But, um, and so I think we're having an aha moment that what was your game plan before going in? You, you thought you weren't going to lay off? And, and that's always these, uh, like, I'm the best of the best, best performer. I'm never going to get laid off. Not true. That's not, that's not how layoff works. <laughs> you just happen to be working in a wrong business unit that's not being prioritized. Well, good luck. You're on the chopping block. You just, you just don't know that because you're, you're living in a la-la land. And in a, you just don't know what you don't know, right? So you just kind of assume like you're working. If I'm the top performer, I won't get laid off. Um, so yeah, there's a, I've, you know, there's a long-winded way of basically saying, um, you know, overemployed just make. If you think of it logically, and sometimes logical thinking is actually a servant of our emotional thinking. Uh, funny thing is, um, it makes complete sense from a market supply and demand perspective. Is is all of us. Uh, our solopreneurs, all of us are free agent in some ways. Uh, we have to watch out for our own income streams and not dependent uh, on just one company or one income uh, because as a business, that would be silly if you're only one big customer. Right. I'm So I'm, I'm obviously thinking about the, the Twitter layoffs that are happening right now, right? Like people are just getting fired left and right at Twitter at the moment. And it's making me think about how prevalent do you feel like overemployment is in the general tech space um yeah i mean it, it's kind of hard because no one i'm sure you know if, if you look at statistics but it's a lot yeah, of if you have to guess it. i'm curious yeah yeah there's a lot of noise in it. i guess probably in the low teens uh, uh that's actually like executing and engaging and and and, and doing it uh like the two you know kind of w2s method right the two employee employer relationship method but it's significantly higher those that are like one w2 and multiple different you know c to c corp to corp contract or they're consulting on the side that's probably like more than 50 percent. i would if i was to venture and guess gotcha can you share kind of like and of course like you don't have to share specific numbers but when you say that you're working you know like three, four, five jobs, like what sort of income are people pulling in from those combined jobs? Yeah, I mean, it depends on where you live, obviously, um, that drives some of your income, but this, like, it was a generalized that um, people easily are over 200, easily, right? You think a 100, 100K per job. And then, and then, you know, those that can pull in 300, 400K per job are easily over a million. That's so crazy because when you think about like a million dollar salary, you're thinking like VPs of like private equity and like this kind of stuff. But it's so it's so amazing that you can like work a couple of jobs and essentially like, you know, pull in a, a similar a similar uh, salary. I'm curious, though, about the actual mechanics of making that happen day to day. How many like just out of curiosity, how many jobs do you have right now? I have three. Three. OK. And they're full time. Yeah, two of them is full time. Uh, or actually, four if you want to count uh, uh, business, uh, my own business, uh, and then one is a contract. Okay, and how do you how do you manage that? Because 
there's so much talk right now in the remote work world about burnout and so many of these employees are having such a hard time kind of like uh, they feel like they're working all the time and they're burning out and that's all with like one job. How are you able to manage the demands of three different jobs and make sure that you are actually performing at a level where um, you know, you're not getting fired because you're working three jobs and you can't uh, it says you like, you know, focus full time on, on those. Yeah, it's a little meta, uh, the answer I'm going to give you. Uh, the funny thing is when you have uh, more job security because of your redundancy, you actually work less. You work smarter and realize. And then, and then the other one is um, draw your boundaries and fit everything you can into those boundaries. You'll make it happen. The human mind is, you know, I think I, I get a lot. Of, I can't even do one job. I have so many meetings. How can I do two? Okay, that's just standard excusitis, you know, that you hear. Well, you obviously weren't doing your one job smart, so you, you know, you're know, you not the right material for doing two jobs or three jobs or, or live the life that you do, right? Uh, living kind of digital nomad and doing different gigs to gigs is one, you have to go look for those gigs. And then when they come in, you have to prioritize them. It's no different. Uh, it's just called living life. You have 24 hours a day, 365 days in a year, and, and I don't know, possibly about, if you're lucky, 80 some 80,000 some, uh, uh, um, I think, uh, weeks in your life. Um, that's it. I, I think just those are the two simple thing is, uh, one is, you know, draw your boundaries, fit it all in there. And then I think the yardstick we use a lot in the community, uh, we call it the TC or total compensation over your hours per week work required. It's almost like a cash flow efficiency measurement. Uh, if you want to borrow some some financial metrics, um, is is look for jobs that you can perform at par. Yeah, you can perform at par better. Good for you. And there's those that do do that. They only do two jobs, but they can pay four hundred thousand dollars per job. So uh, and they do both jobs really good. And one is their main you know main squeeze, if you will, and the other one is their intellectual interest. And they actually then, which funny thing is, by doing that, the other intellectual interest feeds into their main squeeze and make them even better performer and efficient performer because uh, they're not bored at their job. Uh, and I think some people, a lot of people uh, go to frivolous, do frivolous things on their job to pack it and say, and then they, they, they have a, this almost like this culture of overworking and thumping your chest that that's, that's a pride thing. That's your identity. I'm an overworker. I earn so much. Look at me. I'm so great, mom, dad, or where are your neighbors? Uh, I think that's the wrong mindset to have. I think the pandemic kind of uh, unblock a little, you know, at least rescue some of the, the people that are thinking this way. Uh, and you can, see, you know, there's a lot of them working in tech, uh, as we call it, the tryhards, uh, because they're working in this one, they only see one ladder and the ladder only goes up and must climb harder than anybody else. And, and all this get inculcated at school, whether it's in the United States or overseas somewhere else. And, and uh, it's just not a healthy and by the way, schools are all developed to feed into the whole industrial um, revolution, right? Uh, which is all about more efficiency. Let's get more, do more. Um, and, and now we're in this knowledge work world where efficiency is a little bit more. It's not a. It's not like a clock, right? Counting how many keystrokes you typed, uh, uh, what kind of big, you know, big amount of code or ingenious code that's simple, just one line that you wrote. Uh, you can't quantify that anymore. Uh, by time, and hence why you know you can do two, three jobs, four, five, uh, by yourself, like a solopreneur, as long as you're at par or above par. 
um, not that's not to say there are others that just you know I call it the myopic OE strategy of burn and churn jobs, but that's that's a, a stupid strategy because it costs you so much time to interview, land jobs, you know, rinse and repeat that every three months to six months because you know you're not doing your job and get fired. Um, and that's not a not, that's not a smart way to win. Uh, versus you know you just hang on to two three jobs and perform at par and actually get some fulfillment out of it in life and. Um, because you know one is feeding the other kind of dynamically uh helping you uh perform better uh that's the a lot of the what i call you know the the un, unintended benefits of oe that not it doesn't really meet the eye kind of initially right because it's the money that interests people uh but there's all these mental benefits uh that comes along that unlocks you know kind of your higher functioning brain that's not surviving and and overworking praying that you don't get laid off but that you're doing more with your time and, you know, you, you can then op, time arbitrage and spend your time with the people that matter most to you and the, the objectives and priorities that matters most to you. And it's just not all work. Um, so, um, you know, to all the XQ scientists out there, I would say, try it first, then tell me. Hmm. And isn't there, so if you get, let's say like you get let go from a job, they find out that you're working like two, three, four jobs and they let you go because of that. Isn't like, I mean, I think like the immediate thought for a lot of people would be like, well, I don't want to, I don't want that to end up on my resume. And of course they have the ability to like craft their own resume. So just like, don't put that on there. But isn't, <laughs> exactly. I would be afraid of like, wouldn't there be some sort of like reference blowback or, you know, obviously like you can't be applying for jobs anonymously, at least not yet. You have to like apply with a public profile. And if like, isn't there some way for that to come back to you and, and you end up not being able to be hired because you're known to do this? Yeah, I mean, that's part of the OE risk, right? Business risk, I call it. You know, any, every business, right? You go, you go, you know, uh, read the, you know, uh, financial reports and public available information. And they know they risk all these risk factors, right? Mm -hmm. Well, you're running your OE business got risk factors. Well, that's one of them. And, and to your point, okay, if that, that's one of your burner jobs that you got caught at, uh, well, it never made it to your resume anyways. So why does it matter? I think I think there's something deeper that I want to pull on the um, is uh, I think that's inculcated at school to like not get in trouble, not be late, uh, mm. not bully the other kid. I don't know some other things, right? That you get in trouble with, and then you go to principal office, and it triggers all this fear and anxiety in our our lizard brain. Yeah, don't push the it. boundaries. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Stay in your lane, right? Stay in your and, and stay in the machinery. Stay in the matrix, and. Again, I, my challenge to people that are scared of getting caught is, well, I mean, that's part of risk. Uh, knock on wood that you don't end up in the long tail, or the fat, you know, the two end of a OE Darwinism and being stupid. So, you know, uh, that's just, I mean, that's life in general, right? And then, um, and then it's okay. Go try to go, go push a boundary on something and, and, you know, go get put on a PIB, a performance improvement plan for one of your jobs and get that out of the way, you know? Uh, the sooner you can detach your self-worth from your job and or, or think like that one job is my only cash flow type of mindset. And if I get in trouble, my future references, my future ability to earn is going to be jeopardized. It's not true. It really is not true. Um, because even if you're, I would say the risk is even less if you're like in your early 20s, you just graduate from college. I, I think uh, my mind has changed on this. If you're OE, you learn much faster. You're just a much more professional athlete of work. 
You know, think about it. If you've been lifting weights twice a day or three times a day, you know, with relative, you know, with good rest. Uh, and the nice thing, I'm speaking of rest, is the nice thing about OE, is, is, I, I call it, it's kind of like a dial. You can dial it up and you can dial it back down. No one say you have to keep running with five jobs for like eternity. That's just stupid. If it doesn't work for your life, then, then dial it back down to one job for a while. And so I think if you get caught and you get all worried, well, you can dial it down back to one job. I bet you that itch and this curiosity comes back to you again that you want to, you know, go try a second job and third job uh, once again and dial it back up. Uh, so I think there's redemption in everything in life. Uh, it's not like you got caught and, and okay, you, you're in this uh, work world purgatory. This is not how, how, how the work world works. Mm, yeah, I it's similar to when people ask me, like, uh, what what their first job should be. And even though I'm not... I. I think working in an agency can be really, really hard just because there's like so many things to do, but also it's such a great way to like learn on the job because you get to experience like working with a bunch of different businesses and see things from their perspective and it can be very informative. So even though it's like a tough job to have, I think to be like a, the low man on the totem pole at an agency, you learn very, very quickly. Uh, and same thing with a startup, right? It's like you go work in a startup and you have to do X, Y, and Z and everything under the sky and you learn very, very quickly. Um, so I think, I think that that's like a really good kind of way of like, Hey, go and like work three, four jobs when you're in your twenties and you're going to learn very quickly. I'm curious, you mentioned, you know, it's kind of like you can turn it up and down and it's not very, um, it's not like long-term, like very likely to do like five, six, seven jobs or whatever it may be. So I'm kind of curious, what is the end game? Like, what is your personal end game? Like, do you view this as something that you want to keep doing for as long as you can? Or do you, do you see this more as like, hey, I'm going to earn a really, really high salary for like four or five years, save up a lot of money, and then kind of like retire based on like what I've been able to put away. And I'm curious that from like your perspective, but then also what do you feel like is the end game for people in the community? Like, is there some sort of like prevalent sort of end game in the community? Yeah. Okay. I will I'll answer your most recent question first in reverse order. I think um, what I imagine the community would be five, even just short five years from now, as a community full of millionaires that are getting together on a boat uh, somewhere in Europe and having a grand time with each other. Cause, um, thing, the more you OE actually, the more anxiety of getting caught actually just kind of melts away because your financial engine is being, you know, it's going right. You accumulating more and hopefully you're, you're not, you know, our OE fire method is, uh, spend only your one job. Don't overspend, uh, your ongoing recurring costs is your one job and one job only can cover it. Um, I think that's a, you touch on a little bit, maybe subliminally the, the mindset of the fire community where you just kind of burn like the supernova and then retire, you know, uh, my personal exit strategy is, uh, I'm actually having way too much fun doing what I do. Um, so I, my exit strategy is like the Warren Buffett extra strategy. I just keep doing it until, you know, uh, a, I either am too old to do it anymore or B, uh, I have more better things to do and just way too much money and. Um, I should spend that money down to zero, right? Uh, so I think at some point there's an optimal point where I probably dial it back to zero or or take a stint of mini retirement. But the thought of staring my kids 24 hours, uh, seven days a week, uh, in a mini retirement to spend more time with them as an excuse to stop working, and I could. Um, I don't know. I like my chunk of time. Maybe 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 it's just, you know to your point about fractional work. Maybe I work four hours, 
but the, the workload is still not adapted to that thinking, if you will. Uh, you still like either full time or you're part time, you don't get benefits, you know, and stuff like that. It's, it's not as fungible yet. I think we'll get there to where at least for the OE community folks where they want to do more fractional work, um, uh, maybe consulting work uh, and you know, or, or full consulting and not be a W2 employees anymore so they can live their life that they want. I think that's the number one thing uh, is, is I increasingly find myself to be working a lot harder at being like present, uh, like my whole mental performance. Uh, because again, I think uh, with OE is, you know, the, the gray matter between your ears is what, what is allowing you to earn, right? It's this idea. It's an idea to OE and, and to step up and go interview for a second job, like you always do with the one job. Uh, and especially when you get laid off, you interview even harder because you need to get back on the horse. Well, just have multiple horses. And then that changes your mind and you, how your neurons are connecting about things and opens your mind about future opportunities and so on and so on. I think it's just, uh, for me, the exit plan is, I think OE is just continue to do different variation of it, if you will, right? Uh, and keeping myself intellectually engaged and, and, then, and then all the different aspects of life uh, being more primary than work. Uh, but work is, is a fraction of my time where I find a lot of enjoyment and fun doing it. And, and you know, talking to you in this interview is part of the joy of it. So how do you have your, I'm curious about, like, I'm trying to imagine what it looks like for you to work, right? Like most of us, we sit down at the desk, we have a laptop. My, my battle station, my OE battle station. <laughs> yes. Can you describe, <laughs> I like that. Can you describe your OE battle station? Because... I thought about this and I was like, you know, I imagine it'd be really hard to like log in and out of Slack for like all these different jobs. And then I thought about it and I realized you probably oh, log in is the most annoying thing in the world. Well, I realize <laughs> you probably have different computers, don't you? Yeah, I do. It, you know, some Got of the folks that have 15 jobs, they have a whole server rack. I mean, look, these are engineers, <laughs> right? For the most part. So if there's anything uh -huh. to over, you know, over engineer and re-engineer and, and be smart about it, and I think sometime uh, we, we get a little too ahead of ourselves and get ourselves in trouble uh, by being too smart about it. But yeah, I mean, uh, you can imagine I, you know, three monitors in front of me and some of it has a picture by picture so I can monitor my jobs, uh, like three jobs on one other monitor. And then the other two, if I really want to focus in on something, I can switch it off and focus in on a lot of uh, super and, and it's, it's described in our web page, uh, our, our overemployed tech setup web page. Uh, all the setup, but um, everyone configures it a little differently. Uh, for me, initially starting off, uh, just two jobs, you just have a, I call it the one for one connection, right? One monitor, one laptop, one keyboard, one mouse. And you just go back and forth, left and right, left and right, you know, like a, a cat chasing a, a you know, laser dot. Um, and then, um, and then as you get more sophisticated, is when you almost like uh, some jobs are a little bit more passive. Uh, you don't have a meeting, so it's a more in a monitoring mode. And when you're making stuff or writing things or coding, designing things, you want to focus in on. And so I have a setup like that. And then uh, my contract job, I just have the laptop. And it's the crappiest laptop in the world, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> and I just have that open on the stand uh, on the side there. Um, and, and it's very light left. It's a very efficient cash flow to... You know the the whole TC divided by hours per week, um, but it doesn't require you know, it doesn't require a lot of my effort. So um, 
yeah, that's my battle station. Uh, get an ergonomic good chair, get a good desk, uh, a whole professional, almost like I should just start a podcast because I have all the equipment needed by now <laughs> uh, with my audio set up and sound cards and everything else. Um, and part of that is also just uh, invariably, eventually you have to juggle multiple meetings. And, and so you become a professional at uh, piping in sound into your headphones. Let's call it that. That has two, three different volume dial to it. And you can have a uh, uh, you know juggle uh, two or three meetings at the same time, which is a a skill, a acquire skill of OE. Yeah, hold on, you just blew my mind. So you're on like two or three different meetings at the same time, and you're trying to track all three of them, like at the same. Like you're listening to three different audio. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And what happens if you get asked a question? in two meetings at the same time <laughs> and you have to like answer two two different things well i mean this is when the the art of like the technical issue comes in but um yeah i mean you know you would just have to chat back and say i'm having some mic issue and then answer that one first and then you know then put that one on mute that's why the right equipment is very important but um most of the time i would not take on two three where i'm like the the main person of the show if you will uh but two or three maybe one you actively engage and then you know, the other two are just more like passive uh, in general. But uh, to your point, I rarely do two or three meetings anymore. So I've gotten to a point where I have a lot, not a lot of meetings. So I actually haven't done that in a while. Um, but there are other, um, in, in terms of skill set, the others in the community where, you know, especially if you're like a developer and you have a stand up every day, um, this is where they meet and they talk for 15 to 30 minutes about what they have done yesterday and today. Um, you know, some of them have been juggling that on a daily basis uh, when they have to stand up that they cannot move because the whole team, you know, agree on this time and they're both at the same time. Uh, they have to use this kind of uh, audio setup that we have uh, in juggling that. That's so crazy. I mean, it's so, it, it's, see, like, I'm a, like, I, I'm perplexed about this because I am a big believer in that the amount of time that it takes you to do something doesn't matter. It's all about the value that you create. And my whole thing is if you're so good at what you do that you can juggle three, four jobs and still create the value that the job wants from you and it takes you, you know, two hours a day to do that and you can like fill up more jobs, that's awesome. That's like I'm I'm I I'm totally for it. Um the thing that I'm kind of wondering though is you're clearly a hustler you're clearly very smart you know you're not afraid to work hard uh even if you're efficient right like if you're doing if you're efficient at like four jobs three jobs like you're still working really hard why not just use that energy to start like a business that is then an asset and that you can you know uh like sell it yeah, instead of doing this yeah yeah i mean look it's not like um <laughs> been in Silicon Valley, uh, and you go down Sand Hill Road, it's a game itself. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's all about risk. As I tell many uh, people in our, my community, uh, it's all about, um, uh, it's finance term, you know, it's all about the, the adjusted, uh, risk returns, right? If you think about, it, you have option A, option B, option C. Okay. Let's just say option A is to hold, uh, two or more jobs. It's a low risk, you know? Medium high return effort, right? Uh, you could get caught, yes. That's part of the business risk. And then your option B is, uh, well, you're gonna go all out. This is the extremes here, okay? Oh, oh actually, uh, let's let's option B is the standard. 
let's put it at left standard, is one job, one employer, your whole life, you know, your whole life. I'm being a little extreme this year. But, you know, you can job hop, climb that vertical ladder, you know, uh, dedicate all your energy there, work 80 hours a week, 60 hours a week, been in that world as well. Um, and then your job is your identity, horrible. Um, and then the option C is, well, you go for broke, you know, go raise money, try to start something, hire a bunch of people, if it all go, you know, and by the way, it's like the yield rate of that is like less than 1%, uh, where you're extremely successful and, and then go public or have a liquidity event or get acquired, whatever it is. Uh, that's all high risk. I don't know what the risk of just return that is, you know, um, but, and so your point is, and sometimes underlying all those three options is luck, luck and timing, kind of interrelated. Um, I think a lot of people in the community uh, have a good redemption stories is uh, people that were basically doing option B, the vertical ladder for a long time, it got burned, it got laid off repeatedly and say, you know, screw it. I'm going to go option A, the OE plan um, and, and get to my retirement or whatever, get to a positive outcome finally, right? For myself and my family. And, and I think not everyone's cut out to be founders. It's actually very difficult. Uh, from fundraising to then have to hire people. It's a, it's a, it's a, I call it a Ponzi scheme of its own, right? You're taking other people's money and then you try to, you know, then convince the other people you're hiring that, hell, here's the dream. There's all this dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar sign. I've just been in that game too many times to say, there's actually no real dollar sign or gold, gold pot at the end of it. It's all a sham. Um, so uh, it's high risk, high return. And if you happen to become a multimillionaire from one of the positive exits, Good on you, uh, whether you're a founder or just a, a working stiff and, you know, kind of a, I guess it's a, a mix between plan B and plan C, right? Uh, the plan C one where either can be a founder, go raise a bunch of money, be at the top of the game, or you can participate in the game. But, you know, those are high risk effort. And so from a risk adjusted perspective, you know, if you can make a million dollars a year working 40 hours or less, that's a no brainer for me. Um, now. There are other people that always have an ambition and itch that need to scratch. I'm just not at that age or time in my life where I care for that uh, anymore. Uh, and so uh, I put my smart and, uh, and, you know, efficiency to my family's use. You know, my family ink, I call it. Your family business, uh, which is my, you know, the OE umbrella of businesses for yourself. And everyone is a solopreneur for themselves in this uh, plan A option. Mm. So everyone has to decide for themselves what kind of risk factor they're comfortable with and how much they're willing to then invest their time and effort in. I do draw a hard boundary at probably a little less than 40 hours nowadays, juggling, you know, all these different things. So you're working less than 40 hours a week across like the, the three different jobs. So put together, they're less than 40 hours. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's so crazy. Um, why start the community? Like, obviously you're doing this. I understand there are other people doing it, but why did you decide to actually like take that next step of like, hey, I'm gonna be the person who starts the community and kind of organizes all this stuff? Yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes you, just like when you start, you know, you're talking about starting a business earlier, is um, you're either a genius or you're insane, right? Uh, <laughs> you're like, well, no one's doing this. Why is no one doing it? Again, it goes to that lizard brain, oh, they're afraid of getting caught. Or they're afraid of, uh, it's just risk factor, right? I think for me, I think one of it was just a, a fun, I always wanted to do this whole internet business thing, you know, and, 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 and see how, how I would do. 
again, um, part of it's just the fun project and, and getting it launched. And I haven't really put, you know, any, ever since other than writing a blog a month, uh, much into it. But um, uh, I think that was the initial kind of genesis. It was like, hey, I'm doing it. I might as well do this and record what I'm doing. Uh, it's really started for a person of one, myself. But then it started impacting other people and then saw all these positive side effects that I was experiencing myself, right? And writing about it. And then other people were saying the same thing. Then I was like, well, uh, that's one or two things we can do. We can just keep this a secret, which I think half the people probably want to do that. And the other half is um, spread to the world, like a gospel. The more people believe in it, then the more we can self-actualize that this is the future of work, right? That the manufacturing industrial work is the old, old work, and we no longer want that uh, for our lives and how we work and live. And then I think, honestly, the future of work is remote first, uh, async, and work from anywhere. It's very friendly to, to the concept that you're, you're a part of, right, with the, the digital nomad, if that's right for you uh, at that point of your life uh, to be a digital nomad. And, and some people just don't like digital nomading, no matter what. Um, but I think... That's the, I think that's the important thing to really harp on is, um, and, and, and want to spread this more is because we that ourselves collectively as the human race can determine how work is in the future. We don't have to work 40 hours a week was arbitrarily decided by Henry Ford because his people was working 80 hours a week and he's noted that they cannot go buy their own car that they made. So let's work less. He decided that arbitrarily and then the whole world kind of caught on and, and no one has affected that change. And, and then part of it, starting it in the middle of pandemic, is like, oh, what the hell with it? We're all going to die tomorrow. Might as well share this idea. I might die tomorrow. Uh, there's all these risk factors even when you step out of your house, right? Driving a car, speaking of businesses and risk factors. Um, then, yeah, why, why 40? Why not 30? Why not 20? We can keep dialing it down until, you know, uh, there's an optimal point, you know, in terms of work, living, and, 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 and you know, making a positive impact on society. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with you. I do think that the future is async first. I do think that the future is remote. And I personally have been like talking a lot about this idea of, hey, I think that this idea that we have of full-time employment is going to kind of start to dissipate uh, just because like, I think it's going to be far more fractional. I think you're going to have a lot more like mobility within companies. And, and, I, and I love that you're sort of already doing that just with like, full-time jobs and you're just leveraging that arbitrage of like hey i can just get this job done way quicker than everyone else and i can do three four jobs at like a you know 30 40 hour week and and make way more money than, than i would otherwise i think i think it's very very interesting and that's why i wanted to have you on the podcast so much is because this is such an interesting layer of this world or or, or like like a separate almost like segment or subculture of, of this remote work world that I think is very fascinating. So thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. I do want to ask you before I let you go though, obviously um, you have the website that's at overemployed.com, but where would you suggest that if anyone's listening to this and is like, wow, I've never thought about this. I'd really like to give this a try. Where would you suggest that they like start? Yeah, no, good. Good one. Um, yeah. Go visit our website. That's all the relevant things that you need to know is there. Just go ahead and hit browse more article. It's, you, know, you can even reverse, start from them chronologically, you know, about a year and a half ago uh, and, and read on. Uh, a second thing I would say is sign up for a newsletter. Uh, we do have a little gift there that comes to you. That's a, almost a quick checklist 
uh, all the stuff we just talked about. There's links there to, to how to set up your tech setup, your battle station, uh, to just simple logistical things that people need to think through, like taxes, healthcare, uh, how to optimize your 401k, and et cetera, right? That's all been covered uh, pretty thoroughly. I think third, then, I would say join our community on Discord. Um, Reddit is a little noisy. Uh, but Discord is highly moderated with the right tools. And then also we have a paid community there. If you want a smaller community or even sign up for my coaching, um, uh, cons- my, my little small little consultation that I do, which I really enjoy uh, because I get to hear people's story and then I can really just easily guide them uh, and, and set them along the way of their OE journey, uh, which is fantastic. So that's those are places. And of course, the standard social media stuff, but you can get all that from the website. Just visit the website and, and go from there. And I'm also, of course, I'm that. also with just a short email away. I enjoy receiving people's email. I do have an autoresponder, as I've learned from the four-hour work week. <laughs> and this is how I squeeze efficiency out of my time, by the way. But, you know, if you write something really convincing and get me to click and respond, I will actually respond uh, with a personal touch as well because I, I like making a difference in people's life. Very cool. Well, Isaac, uh, I want to say thank you so much. We're going to have links to all of that in the show notes so people can head over and find it there. But Isaac, thank you so much for coming on. This is uh, this has been a really fun conversation. Yeah, likewise, Mika. Good, good talking to you. See ya.